Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where we'll discover more about Downhouse School. Whether you're new to the community or an old friend, we'll be delving deeper, sharing stories and finding out what it really means to be a pupil at Downhouse. In our second series, we'll continue to explore the Downhouse DNA, and this time we'll be talking to the pupils themselves. In this episode, we take Aspiration, and our host, Simon Jones, talks to Phoebe and Queena, members of our Upper Six. Phoebe and Queena, both of you in Year 13, thank you for being here. How are you both today? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm very excited. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what your day is looking like today, Phoebe. My day today is I've had quite a few free periods, which has been nice. I've been able to catch up on some of my work and I'm about to go for a netball match in London, which will be really fun. And then I'm going home for the weekend. So it's very exciting. So netball match in London. So I imagine you're hopping on a coach and going out to London. Is that right? Yes, we are. We're going to play against St. Benedict's. So... We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Do you think you're going to win? Always. <laughs> I love the attitude. Perfect. And Queena, tell me how your day's looking today. So uh, my day started fairly early today. It started at 8.20 because I had jazz band until 9. And then I had a full day. I had maths and chemistry. So it was quite a busy morning. But then I'm staying in today. So I'll have some time to relax in my dorm in the afternoon. Excellent. Well, thank you both of you for giving up your time, especially on a Saturday, to be here. I wonder if you could just tell us, for the sake of the listeners who are listening to this right now, I wonder if you could just tell us the A-levels that you're doing and the reasons why you chose those as well. Yes, yeah, so I am studying biology, chemistry and English for A-level. I've always been very into my sciences and I'm actually applying to do medicine at university. So those kind of followed what I needed for that. And English... I chose because I've always really loved it. I love to read. And even though it's definitely not a necessity for medicine, for me, it's like space where I can just be more free, be more creative. I get the chance to spend my time reading, which is something I love. So it's a nice balance between hard academics in chemistry and sort of something I enjoy. That's a nice blend of A-levels. I, I like that. Queena, tell us about yours. So I'm doing physics, chemistry, maths, and further maths. And for university, I want to apply for maths and computer science. I've always been really interested in sciences. And I think I didn't take biology because I really hate the memorizing bit. But I really enjoy my current A-levels because it requires a lot of understanding, which I think I'm very good at. And you don't have to memorize as much. And that's what I'm bad at. And that's why I chose these four A-levels. Uh, so where are some of the best places to go and study maths and computer science at university? Well, so currently my choices are Oxford, Imperial, Bristol and Edinburgh. So I think those four are really good universities to go into. And my safe would be Birmingham. And I think that although they have a lower requirement, they are a really good university and will provide the resources that I need to excel. So it sounds to me like you, you both were quite clear about the A-levels that you wanted to do. Was it easy enough to choose which A-levels you're, you're doing right now? I think for me, it's fairly an easy choice because I know that I always wanted to go in STEM. And I did struggle when choosing biology or not. But then I'm really glad that I didn't because I enjoy further maths a lot more. Because I really enjoy further maths now. However, my university choices wasn't that easy. I struggled a lot between choosing physics, computer science, or maths and computer science. But I settled on this choice because I really didn't want to give up maths in university. Yeah, so I mean, I've known that I wanted to pursue medicine as a career for 
quite a while now, so I've always known that biology and chemistry was sort of a necessity, which I was very happy with. I grew to love them at GCSE. I actually never, when I was a lot younger, I never thought I was going to pursue something scientific, but I really sort of grew into myself and discovered what I loved sort of around GCSE time. And for my third choice, though, I feel like there was definitely a bit of pressure for it to be something like maths, because that fits with the trend within STEM. It's something that for medicine might be sort of assumed that you've done. But for me, I knew that maths wasn't necessarily one of my strongest points, or it wasn't a place that it wasn't a lesson that I necessarily loved as much as I did in English. And I knew that for me, I needed a creative outlet. I did art at GCSE, which provided that outlet for me. And I needed something similarly creative where I can sort of use the space in my brain to write creative essays. So although it seems like an unusual combination, I think it's a perfect balance for me. And I really, really love them. Now, some students, when they finish year 13, might think about taking a gap year between year 13 and university is that something either of you two thought about no I don't think gap year is really a thing for me because I know where I want to go I know what I want to study and I just want to dive straight into it so yeah I think I know that some of my friends are considering a gap year because they still need the time to figure out what they want to do and I think that's equally a great choice Phoebe how about you yeah, so I'm the same as Queena. I've sort of always known that if I was going to pursue medicine, that's a very long course in itself. So I sort of wanted to get straight into it. I'm excited to get started with it if I get in first time. But then again, I can also see the tremendous benefits that a gap year would bring. Both of my siblings did a gap year and they really, really loved it. So if I don't get into medicine first time, as it's a very competitive course, I'm not going to see that as a negative. I think it's just an opportunity for me to really sort of learn more about myself, travel the world, which we haven't been able to do over the past year. So no matter what happens, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Great positive way of looking at that, both of you. Now, in this podcast episode, we're looking at aspiration. I'd love to understand what that means to each of you here at Down. So for me, aspiration is, for the most part, just a sense of motivation. It's having a goal, something in the future that keeps you ticking, that is your motivation to wake up in the morning and to keep working. You can have aspiration in different aspects of your life. I know here at Down, academic aspiration is really important and a lot of girls have immense academic aspiration. For me, that's my university degree. But I also think aspiration personally to aspire to find new parts of yourself, to enhance certain facets of your personality and to sort of find the happiest balance for you is an aspiration that I definitely have within myself every day. I'm constantly trying to better myself. And Queena, how does it look for you in everyday life here at Down? So I think that I really agree with Phoebe and what she said about aspiration being a goal that keeps you ticking. And I also think that when everyone hears the word aspiration, they immediately immediately think about careers or jobs. But I think for me, it's more about finding a lifestyle that I want that I like. Some people say that they want to retire early and stuff, but I think for me, it's about finding a job that I love because I, I'm i not a workaholic, but I like being productive. And I want to, yeah, and I think it's just about finding a life that you really like and you'll be happy. So that's what keeps me up every morning because I want to achieve the life that I want. Great answer. Thank you, Queena. Phoebe, you mentioned about netball and, of course, your netball match coming up. Do you find that that helps you to on the subject of aspiration here at Down? Yeah, well, I mean, I think sort of physical exercise in any form is a great way of sort of 
refreshing yourself, rejuvenating yourself, an excellent way to stay happy and having some involving yourself in team sports is another way to sort of keep yourself motivated because if you want to be a member of a first team or one of the top teams of the school, you've got to keep working hard, you've got to be committed and that's another really important facet of aspiration is commitment. If you want to achieve something that you're aspiring to achieve, you need to know that it's something that you need to keep active at you need to keep striving for and I think so I have netball TP sort of I train for netball a couple of times a week and that's just something that's part of my routine and something that I've got to keep doing in order to be a part of the team that I'm in and I really like that system. And for both of you in what ways do you find that the staff here at school encourage you to aspire in again in everyday life? I have a tutor He's called Mr. Rivers, and he always encourages me to look beyond the curriculum because he's also my physics teacher, and therefore whenever I have questions that I want to learn more about, then I'll go for him, and he'll give me some resources, and then he'll allow me to do some independent research and then report back on him so we can discuss about it more, and then I'll get a lot of valuable feedback. So I think he really pushed me to learn more about the stuff that I love, to dive deeper into everything and to constantly ask questions about my surroundings, which really helped me in developing my interest in science. Do you think it's tricky for a member of staff to get the right balance between you know, being there as a member of staff to support you in your studies, but also to push you so that you're sometimes, I guess, out of your comfort zone a little bit and being stretched in your learning? How do you think a member of staff might get that balance right? I think it really depends on the individual students because I think that for me, I quite enjoy learning independently. Like I, maybe you can give me some websites or YouTube videos for me to watch on my own. And then I really like the process of figuring stuff out. But I also know that some of my other friends, they prefer the teachers to talk to talk the topic through with them so that they understand better. So I think it really depends on the individual students and it depends on the time the teacher spends with the student and whether they really understand them or not. And if you're doing your independent study and maybe reading a few different texts and uh, watching a few different YouTube videos, how might you prevent that situation of watching one YouTube video and then you get another suggested suggested YouTube video and you think, oh, that, that looks quite fun. And then all of a sudden you've spent half an hour just watching YouTube videos, which take you further and further away from that original subject. So for me, I would allocate a time slot where I research on a topic and then I'll have certain questions that I want to be able to answer at the end of the time. So it really keeps me on track because if I look at the name of the other video and I realize that it's actually not related to what I want to answer to what I want to understand then I wouldn't go watch it because then I know if I watched it it would delay my progress. I think it takes a lot of self-control and also if I am really interested in the other video I can save it to my playlist and which I will allocate another time slot to watch it at a later time. I love that discipline you got there, Queen, and that, that's fantastic. And, but, but also being able to make sure that you catch up on that video another time is, is a really good thing to do as well. Phoebe, tell me about your experience of staff here. How do they help you on aspiration here at school? Well, I find that all the staff and just the general ethos of this school are, is just incredible. Their focus on 
expanding everyone's knowledge and mindset all throughout your time at Down. There are a vast number of extracurricular, supercurricular things that you can do, whether it be academic or for your own enjoyment. There's a programme, an incredible programme called the Elective Programme, which they run from, I think your GCSE years, maybe year 10, all the way up till sixth form, which involves teachers running different modules that they can pick. So something that they're passionate about, that they can talk to us about, and we get to pick modules that we think we might enjoy. So I did one in sixth form on drug discovery with my chemistry teacher, which I found really fascinating and related to medicine and my medicine research, but at the same time was a different aspect of it that I'd never looked at before. And sort of on the flip side I also did one on dreams and mythology which was something completely different but something something I was absolutely fascinated in um we looked at the unconscious mind which had a bit to do with the brain and I'm really into neurology as well so it's just finding different sort of facets of research and things that you might enjoy and learning about it in different ways and the teachers are incredible at providing opportunities for that Dreams and mythology, that's an interesting combination. What is it about dreams and mythology that interested you, Phoebe? I just, I saw it and it, I don't know, it's something that I've never really looked into before and I thought, I mean, I spend so much time on my academics, it just looked like something so fascinating and fun and I knew that Mr Reynolds, the teacher that was leading it, was an incredibly passionate teacher and he taught it in such a captivating way. I'm really glad I did it. It was absolutely fascinating and just sort of stimulated me to think about something that I've never thought before, which is really nice to have that break from sort of the repetitive nature of your curriculum. Sure, sounds fantastic. It really does. Queen, tell me something about the Academic Scholars Programme. Every single term, we would have a meeting with Mrs. Reihart, who is the um, leading teacher of the Scholars Program. And then I remember in my last meeting, she would recommend me a few books to read. And I would also tell her about what in independent research I've been doing. And then she would give me suggestions on what to research next or how to move forward, basically, in the coming term. And also we have organized book clubs with Eton where we can read a book in advance and then we would then discuss it with the boys' schools. So I'm really looking forward to it this term. That's really good that you got that. Do you find that with some of those books you may not have read them if you weren't part of that book club then? I mean, they do pick some famous books, but then uh, some of the books, I wouldn't be necessarily interested in them. But then I think that having read those books, it made me... um, Sometimes, even though there might not be an immediate connection with uh, the what the book is discussing and my current A-levels or my interest, but then sometimes I realize that in the future, I might suddenly use something that has been discussed in a book, and I really like discovering those connections. Thank you for that, Quina. Phoebe, tell me something about how the older girls can help the younger girls in some kind of mentoring program. Yeah, so we have an incredible academic mentoring system here at Down. So if there are girls struggling in the younger years with a certain subject, we have selected academic mentors that can go and set up sessions with a couple of younger girls, maybe in small groups. And that just gives them really safe space to talk about any questions that maybe they don't feel 
great talking to their teachers about or something that they just needed a bit of extra practice on. And not only is that great because you get to forge connections with girls who are younger than you, who you may not necessarily get to see, but it gives both the younger and the older girls an opportunity to sort of think about what they've learned, see it from a different perspective. Maybe for the older girls, it even allows them to <laughs> consolidate some of their past learning which maybe they may have forgotten um so no it's a really great system and I've personally really enjoyed it and I also think that although many people will think that this program would benefit the younger girls but I think it also benefits the older girls equally because by trying to explain a topic you need to break it down even more and you need to make sure that you really understand the topic before you can teach it to someone else. So I did a session with a younger girl last year, and I think that during that session, I realized that actually I didn't have such a deep understanding of the topic, and it made me go over the materials again, which again helped me in my current A-levels. That's great to hear that it benefits both the younger girls and girls in year 13 as well. They do say, don't they, that one of the best ways to learn is to teach. Now, tell me something about the Oxbridge program. How does that work and what actually is it? The Oxbridge program is a program that starts in lower six and you would get appointed a subject specialist depending on a course that you take. So before I uh, wanted to go for physics, so I had Mr. Rivers, who is my physics teacher, as my subject specialist. But then since I changed my course to maths and computer science, so I got assigned another tutor, which I think is quite good because it makes sure that the subject specialist you get assigned corresponds to your course. So um, you can discuss everything with your subject specialist. Uh, you can discuss your independent research that you've done. I have done several mock interviews with my sp subject specialist to prepare me for the interviews in December. And I also have an MAT teacher, the maths admissions test teacher, who helps me with the test. And this session started in June and continued all the way until November when I will take my test. And Phoebe, how about you? Yeah, so I've been running alongside that. We have the medic program, which follows a very similar, um, it's a very similar system. So we also have our subject specialist and it's quite a small group of us, but it's really fun. We have our group tutorials where we get to come together. Often our subject specialist will give us a task for us to do. So maybe research something, have a look at when we had to take our admissions test, the UCAT, we'd have to maybe go through some UCAT questions together just anything we can do to sort of broaden our horizons and learn as much as we can, pack in as much as we can prior to our interviews. We had an amazing mock interview session a couple of weeks ago, which obviously none of us had done before, so it was a bit daunting, but it was great just to expose us to the type of sort of system that we'll be running when we go for our interviews. And so, yeah, they kind of just cover every every aspect of the medical applicant system, whether... That includes academics and general preparation and just making sure you know exactly what's coming in preparing for your course. And aside from your subject specialist, we also get a OneNote page. And the teacher leading this program, Dr. Atherton, he added a lot of resources into the OneNote and includes a lot of podcasts, for example, in our time. And I think it makes me go out of my comfort zone to discover topics which are outside of my interest. And I actually... I really liked some of the podcasts because it made me, yeah, go outside of my comfort zone to discover things that I never thought that I would meet. So, yeah. Sounds very good. Really does. Now, I've got a couple of last questions, actually nothing to do with school, just to find out a little bit about each of you to share with the listeners. What's the last book or the current book that either of you or both of you are reading right now? 
So I'm currently reading a book called The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins, sort of coinciding with my medical research. It's quite chunky, so I've been reading it for a while, but it's all about the theory that humans are innately selfish and everything they do all throughout evolution and for their own survival is um, for selfish reasons. We're not as selfless as maybe we think we are and it goes right down to the genetic basis of that and I just I find it absolutely fascinating and it covers all realms of different theories and so yeah it is as I said many different chapters many different aspects very large but absolutely fascinating if you've got the time to make your way through it. Excellent and Queena? So I've been reading a book called Flatland it's actually quite a challenging book for me to read because I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm really good at English, and it's written in Victorian English. And um, it's actually a fictional book on maths. I know, what a weird combination. It is from the point of view of a 2D creature, and he is venturing within the 3D world. And I think it's really fascinating because my current independent research is on a mathematical construct called the quaternions, which is in four dimensions. So I have had a really difficult time understanding it and seeing how a 2D creature can understand a 3D world, it kind of resonated with me because I'm also having such a difficult time understanding a 4D world. So yeah, I think it provided a lot of great insights into how different dimensions are linked together. And however, the author also does it in a really fun and entertaining way because it's a fictional book. So he sort of went through an adventure and yeah, I found it a really good read. So do you think it's easier then for a 2D character to understand a 3D world or a 3D character to understand a 4D world? I mean, I think that we cannot imagine the struggles that a 2D creature is going through because we already live in the three dimensions. But at the same time, the 4D creatures will have no idea why we couldn't understand their world. So I think um, it's equally difficult because it's just outside of our ability to imagine the four dimensions. Awesome answer. I'm, I'm not sure I fully understand that, but, but, but that sounds fantastic. And then last question, if you could go to any concert, go and see any singer, any musician, any band, who might you go and see? Phoebe. I think at this point in time, it would be an artist called James Blake. He's someone that my brother actually introduced me to and both my siblings really love him so it would be something that we would definitely do together as a family and he's an artist that my entire family absolutely adore so definitely him. Nice answer thank you Phoebe. How about Queena? I've always been a fan of Chainsmokers. I like listen to all of their songs so if I do have a chance to go to their concert I'll be so excited. Excellent. Well, thank you, both of you. Uh, the time now is 12.29. Uh, Phoebe, I know at 12.30 you've got to go and hop on that coach, so you'd better hop skip over there right now. But thank you, both of you, for being here and for sharing uh, your thoughts on life within uh, Downhouse from the point of view of aspiration. Thank you, both of you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. So that was Phoebe and Queen are talking about aspiration at Downhouse, how it looks in their worlds with their A-levels and how it's going to help them in all aspects of life. Phoebe and Queen, thank you for being here and giving up your time to talk, especially on the weekend. If you have any questions following anything you've heard, then do feel free to contact the school directly. You can visit www.downhouse.net to find out more. Now, the next episode of the series is going to be on communication. We'll be talking to two more students to find out how that looks at Downhouse. So, as always, make sure you tune back in to hear that one. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.